You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your here's host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, everybody? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place, as always, to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do uh, greatly appreciate it. You might be wondering to yourself, why am I talking so quietly? Why is my tone of voice so low? Well, um, I told, I, I think I might have said it in my last episode, but I'll tell you here. I am actually currently in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I'm actually taking about a week vacation. I left back on Thursday, um, and I'm actually recording this on Sunday the 7th. I'm currently sitting and recording this in my hotel room, and it's a little bit... I guess you would say uh, spacey, echoey in this room, and I'm trying to not be, you know, incredibly loud and disturb other people that are staying at staying at the hotel. Um, I haven't really looked to see if there's any other place I could do this. Um, so I am obviously pretty um, pretty satisfied with how things went over the weekend for this team. Obviously, other than what happened on you know uh, Friday Friday night, but uh, but no, I'm actually pretty. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty solid about how things went for the Devils. And as far as my trip to Chicago is concerned, you know, it, it's been really fun so far. Uh, I went to the Notre Dame football game against Navy on Saturday. So that's why I was pretty much not on my phone at all. I kind of was on power save mode. I was trying to save my battery as much as possible to make sure, you know, my phone was, you know, had some power and, and didn't lose power. Because I left my hotel room around like eight, I wouldn't say like eight o'clock. 
um, in the morning and didn't get back to the hotel room until around like 11.45, almost midnight um, Western time zone. So I'm about an hour behind anybody who's living on the East Coast listening to these episodes. Um, so obviously uh, it, it was tough saying on my phone. I watched the end of Devil Sharks game. I had to watch the replay um, or more or less the highlights to kind of give you guys uh, my my personal rundown. So if I missed anything, I do apologize for that. Um, I'm not necessarily going to apologize the fact that I haven't been as active because I'm really just trying to take this week for myself and, you know, have a vacation and really just kind of relax. Uh, like I said before, I haven't been in the world's greatest place, both mentally and emotionally with a lot of personal things going on in my life. Um, but, you know, and, and obviously coming here to Chicago has been great and it's really been helping me so far. I do return. I do leave actually on Thursday at around five o'clock. So um, I'll be on the train, uh, mostly on my way home by the time the Devils game against the Islanders, I believe on Thursday will begin. So uh, I'll be watching that on my laptop as best as I can if the connection is is solid. And if it's not, like I do apologize. I do apologize for a lot of things that are kind of out of my control, even though I know they're not out of my control. Um, but uh, the rest of my time here in Chicago should be a lot of fun. I'm actually going to two Blackhawks games and two Chicago Bulls games. Uh, one of those Blackhawks games is tonight in a couple hours, actually, against the Nashville Predators and he who shall not be named, who's the head coach of the Nashville Predators. Um, and they obviously just fired their head coach, Jeremy Colleton, and their coaching staff. So it'll be the first game for the Blackhawks with uh, the interim coaching and Everything that's gone on with the um, with the sexual harassment and sexual abuse scandal that happened, and then obviously this situation, um, it has definitely been an interesting uh, beginning to the year for the Chicago Blackhawks that has uh, cult, you know cultivated in them having just a really bad start to the year. Um, and so we'll see how they play tonight. Um, they play the Predators tonight, and then I see them again on Tuesday when they play the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then with the Chicago Bulls, I'm seeing them play the Brooklyn Nets uh, tomorrow on Monday. And then I go see them play the Dallas Mavericks on Wednesday. So I get to see four sporting events in the next four days. So my I'm going to be pretty busy, uh, at least in the evenings uh, here in Chicago. But I'm really excited to be here, and I've been enjoying myself uh, so far. But I've been rambling on here for a couple minutes, and I know you guys, you know, would rather me just focus on talking about the devils. And that's what, that's what you're here for. So we have a lot to talk about here with regards to the two games that the devils played since the last episode and some other news that has happened. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we're going to start with the biggest news that we got on Thursday afternoon. I was actually in transit uh, going to New York when we got this news that Alexander Holtz, who I talked about in the previous episode where I felt like it was only a matter of time before he got called up, well, the Devils must have heard the episode prior to uh, prior to doing this, but they ended up uh, calling up Alexander Holtz on Thursday afternoon, you know, East Coast time. They're on the West Coast, obviously, but East Coast time. And he was with the team uh, to practice prior to Friday's game against the LA Kings. And that was just obviously exciting. I mean, we talked about it before where Alexander Holtz had proven himself in the preseason that he earned the right to be on this team. He earned the right to, you know, be on the roster in general. And he ended up getting sent down, you know, for, for obvious reasons, but um, well, not really for obvious reasons, but just for, you know, the devil's own reasons. I didn't really agree with them to be very honest with you, but he went down to, uh, he went down to Utica and really helped the Utica Comets get off to a good start. And he got off to a good start. Five goals in four games to start the year. I mean, he is at, he was absolutely tearing it up. And because you looked at the lack of power play uh, success, 
um, the Devils just knew that this was a move they had to make to try to help their power play get going. Um, and Holtz did actually get some time in the power play in that game, and uh, he looked pretty. He looked pretty good, and, and we'll analyze that a little bit more once we start talking about the game against the uh, LA Kings. And we'll just jump into that right now. Um, so the Devils, obviously, their second game of this road trip was against the LA Kings in LA. Uh, again, another revenge game from 2012. Yes, I haven't let that. I haven't let that Cup final go. I haven't let Game Six go. Um, I'm just that type of petty person, but that's just that's just how it goes sometimes. But the Kings were coming into this game um, after getting off to a slow start, you know, doing pretty well on a three-game winning streak, looking to make it four. They have dealt with some injuries. The biggest one was to Drew Doughty, who got hurt back on October 3rd with a knee injury. Luckily, he didn't tear any ligaments in his knee. Um, so it looks like he will be able to have a chance to come back at some point. I don't know when, but it's good for the LA Kings that Drew Doughty is going to be okay after getting off to such a fantastic start, um, being one of the better offensive defensemen in the game. Um, he was really, really playing well, and it's just unfortunate. I mean, he's one of many um, you know, talented players that have gotten off to good starts this year and then got hurt. I mean, Dougie Hamilton's kind of the same way. He got off to a really good start with us, and then he got hurt. Um, and speaking of Dougie Hamilton, uh, we were all wondering what the significance of his injury was. We didn't get anything um, after the game against Anaheim or the day after. But uh, Dougie Hamilton actually did skate during morning practice or morning skate um, prior to the game against the Kings. Uh, he wasn't going to be able to play in this game, and he ended up not playing against San Jose. Um, but from what um, basically Lindy Ruff said, is that it doesn't look like it's too serious and that he may miss another game or two but probably will be back uh, playing he's still out day to day with a lower body injury and we're all just kind of you know hoping that it's not the Mike Camilleri disease where he's out day to day but it just lingers on and on and on so it was good that he was at morning skate I'm not sure if he was at morning skate uh against the Sharks I don't even think they I don't even remember if they had a morning skate for that game against the Sharks the very next day but um but obviously seeing Dougie Hamilton and hearing that he was on the sidelines, I mean, not, not on the sidelines, but uh, morning skate uh, is definitely, definitely a good sign. And hopefully uh, he continues to improve and gets back on the ice very soon. Cause we, we definitely miss him uh, and you can see it on the ice and we, and we, we need him fully healthy. Uh, the other big thing that we got was that Mackenzie Blackwood was going to make his first start of the year after coming off the IR prior to the game against Anaheim. So we knew that he was going to play at least one of the two games, whether it be LA or San Jose. Um, and obviously getting the opportunity to play is something that we were all looking uh, forward to for Mackenzie Blackwood. And it's, it's great to finally get our number one goaltender uh, back and finally have our full goaltending system, our goaltending tandem healthy. That is obviously huge. And then the other big news that wasn't necessarily much of a surprise because otherwise, why would he have been called up? But Alexander Holtz was making his NHL debut. He got himself his uh, his his one skate around the ice by himself. And uh, he had talked about how excited he was to um, to play and to, to get up to New Jersey. And he wants to be a consistent goal scorer. And just and just hearing all that stuff, you get really, really excited. I also loved how um, the Utica Comets head coach, Kevin Deneen, uh, I like how he, you know, told Alexander Holtz that he had been called up. He asked him if he had ever been to Disney World and Holtz said no. And then Deneen said, well, you are now. And then he told him he was getting called up to Jersey. So that was kind of a great thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, obviously going into this game, you felt better about the team because you saw that some guys were coming back. Holtz was making his debut and you were hoping for a better performance um, in this game all around. 
And when you go to the first period, I would say that it was a pretty even first period. Teams traded some chances. Um, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood looked sharp right from the start. He, he stopped all nine shots that he faced. Um, the biggest thing that I noticed was that the power play, even with Alexander Holtz on the ice, was still continuing to be an issue. Um, one thing, though, that Holtz did that I really liked was that there were several times when he was banging the stick on the ice, asking for the puck while he was on the power play because he wants to shoot the puck. And that was something that the broadcasters even uh, even pointed out. He really, really wants to shoot the puck. Um, even though he only had one shot on goal, he had some other shots that he tried that got blocked. But this guy has a cannon of a shot. And once he gets himself going, he's going to be so dangerous for this team. And that was really the thing that stood out to me from Holtz's performance. This guy wants to shoot and he wants to shoot often. And we need a guy like that because we're lacking that right now. And we got to find a way to start getting him the puck more because once we get it going, it's going to be, it's going to be a sight to see. And speaking of the broadcasters, by the way, I forgot to mention this before because I went on somewhat of a rant in the last episode about how I felt the broadcasting team with Leah Hextall, Kevin Weeks, um, and Linda Cohen did for ESPN Plus covering the Devils against the Ducks. Well, the Devils were once again on ESPN Plus for this game, and it was John Buchagross, Ray Farrar, and Linda Linda Cohen. And honestly, I enjoyed that a lot more. Buchagross was really, he was really, um, really funny with like how he would describe after someone makes a save, he'd be like, and it goes into the belly of Mackenzie Blackwood. Like it was little things like that, that I really enjoyed. I liked how, you know, both Buchagross and Ferrara just flowed together. And granted, they've been working before the last time ESPN was covering hockey and doing those games. Um, and Ray Ferraro, he is a tremendous uh, color commentator, the way he describes the game, the way he talks about players and everything like that. He's just a tremendous hockey mind. I thought Linda Cohen did a really good job of reporting and everything like that um, and trying to give us updates on certain things that were going on in the game. I just felt all overall uh, that presentation, that broadcasting team did a very, very good job and I enjoyed them from start to finish. And I hope to hear them again soon calling the Devils game. And again, the presentation from ESPN as a whole has been great. Seeing the behind the scenes uh, guys in the locker room, guys going to the locker room or coming from the locker room. I like that there's more cameras involved and we get to see a lot more than we've seen in years past with other, with other networks like NBC. Um, I just feel like presentation-wise, ESPN has done uh, well. ESPN Plus has done well with that. I mean, it is ESPN Plus, but it was exclusively on ES ESPN um, Plus. But going back to the game, yeah, both teams created some opportunities. Blackwood looked really sharp. Um, I, I really don't know what needs to change other than Mark Recchi needs to be fired for this power play to get going because like Nico Heischer said after the game against Anaheim, the team is just lacking confidence. I mean, they just do not have a lot of confidence in themselves. And that's where missing guys like Dougie Hamilton, missing guys like Jack Hughes, even to a lesser extent, missing a guy like Miles Wood is becoming very, very obvious. Um, and you really hope that those guys can come back um, as soon as possible, because we need all the help we can get right now. I don't know also if Fitzgerald needs to go and look for somebody you know, to kind of help us. But yeah, the, the, the Devils need a lot of help on the power play to get themselves going because it's been incredibly, incredibly frustrating to see this team look so much better five on five. And then when it comes to the power play, we look like absolute dog manure. I, I just, I don't get that. I don't get it. It needs to change. Um, but it was no score after one period of play. And obviously it was just looking, it, it looked like to me that it was going to be a low scoring game. Both of these teams were kind of 
trying to create some opportunities and it became somewhat of a snooze fest for a while, you know, between the first and second periods where neither team was really dictating a whole lot. Uh, but again, in the second period, both teams were trading opportunities. The Kings started to come on a lot more in the second half of that period. Um, and they created one really good opportunity where the Devils were on the power play and PK Subban broke his stick on a one-time shot. He got the pass at the top of the point, took a shot and his stick broke for the second time in that game, the second stick that he broke. And it led to a breakaway opportunity for Alex Iafalo. And he tried to crash the net and he did. Um, but Bernier, uh, or excuse me, Blackwood made the save. Subban did a good job of somewhat recovering there, but it was just frustrating because Subban has broken so many sticks on, the, on that one-time shot that just isn't there like it used to be. And he becomes somewhat of a liability on the defensive side. And it just gets frustrating, more and more frustrating with every game that he makes those mistakes. And it just makes you, as a Devils fan, say, you know, more and more that you can't wait till, you know, his contract comes up at the end of the year and we don't have to bring him back um, because he really has not been a help on offense or defense in many ways. I mean, he'll have a good play here or there, but other than that, he's, he's made some dangerous trips, gotten fined, uh, doesn't really play defense and obviously has struggled mightily on the offensive side as well. Um, but the Kings had an opportunity there, but Blackwood again, making safe. However, the Kings would eventually score with 1.2 seconds to go in the period. And I've talked about before, giving up a goal in the last two minutes or so is, is a backbreaker because it gives the, your opponent so much momentum going into that next period of play. And that's what happened here is the Kings would score. Uh, it was Kempe who scored and Severson not really doing anything, just standing there, just left Kempe all alone in the slot for an easy tap-in. I mean, it was just terrible defensive play by Damon Severson, who at that point was just having a really bad game through two periods of play. I mean, it was just getting absolutely ridiculous watching him because we know what he can do offensively, but as far as defensive, defensive wise, it's just not there. It's, it's, it's at times just as bad as watching PK Subban. Um, but the Kings grabbed the one, nothing lead and would have that one, nothing lead uh, after two periods of play. Kempe's goal was his third of the year. Dustin Brown getting his fourth assist and Kopitar as well getting assist for his seventh of the year. So now we go to the third period of play, and this is where things really, really picked up for both teams. I mean, they, all of a sudden teams were going back and forth. Yeah, they were continuing to create chances for, you know, and, and trade chances, but this is where they really, really started to have some great A opportunities. Um, for the Devils, Blackwood just continued to keep the Devils in it. And then when it came to the Devils having opportunities, uh, Peterson was just making save after save. And, and also the Devils at times were, you know, passing when they should shoot. And that's what we've seen many times. Uh, we had a scary situation like a minute or two in where Nico Heischer was clipped in the face by a stick and went down and was slow to get up and slowly made his way to the bench. He would eventually go to the locker room or go down the tunnel for a minute or so. And it was just like at that moment, we were like, you got to be kidding, man. Another injury. And it's like, is Nico going to come back? What's the deal? Luckily, Nico Heischer would come back. And we are very glad that he came back because the first shift that happened um, when he came back, the Sharks were coming into the zone. And then Nico made a great defensive play with his stick that got the puck over to Andreas Janssen, who made a long pass to a streaking Jesper Brett, who went down on a breakaway and went from his backhand to his forehand and beat the goaltender Peterson to tie the game up at one. And that was a big time goal, just 319 into the period. 
and for Jesper Bratt, who has definitely gotten himself going more and more over the last two, three games, which is great to see. He got the goal, which was his second of the year. Johnson with an assist, getting his third of the year, continuing to play very, very well this year. This has definitely been a bounce back year for, for him. And Nico Heischer getting the secondary assist, great defensive play, getting his third assist of the season. And then we had like a big situation like two minutes later where P.K. Subban with an absolutely big time hit on an L.A. Kings player. He went down to the ground. There was no penalty called on the play, but Brendan Lemieux, the son of former New Jersey Devil Claude Lemieux, came in who had been trying to pick a fight with somebody on the Devils the entire game. He he went up to Subban. They pushed and shoved. Subban kind of backed off, not trying to take a penalty. And as a result, Lemieux ended up getting a penalty on that play. Um, and the Devils went to the power play. But of course, the Devils would not um, would not be able to score on that one. Um, there was another situation where the Kings were on a power play. It was the first of three penalties single-handedly taken by Damon Severson in a third period. Uh, Blackwood made a dive cross-crease save on the power play where Dustin Brown was all alone and he was able to get over there just in time to deny the Kings and Brown of retaking the lead with 11.49 to go. It was a hell of a save to get over there just in time. And that looked like the Blackwood we had seen um, before. And just throughout this entire game, Blackwood was just on his game. He looked like he was in mid-season form from, this, from the start. And that's great to see. And we're hoping we see more consistency with that um, moving forward throughout the year. Unfortunately, the Kings would end up retaking the lead eventually on the power play on the third penalty of the period by Damon Severson, which was a dumb penalty. I mean, all of them were dumb, but this one was the worst. Um, and they scored with 340 to go in the period. It was Arthur Kaliev getting his third of the year, Roy with an assist, getting his third assist of the year, and uh, Anthony Siu getting his first assist of the year. So at this point, it just kind of looked like, well, the Devils are going to end up losing this one in regulation, and we're really going to have to um, really get down on Damon Severson because at that point you'd say he lost the Devils this game. But with 23.2 seconds to go and the Devils had pulled um, Mackenzie Blackwood, Pavel Zaka continuing to get off to a red-hot start and picking up where he left off last year, ripped one through a screen past Peterson to tie the game at Two, Zaka getting his fifth goal of the year. Ryan Graves with an assist, his fourth assist of the year. And Jesper Bratt with his second point of the game and his first assist of the game. That assist was his third assist of the year. So the Devils were able to force overtime. And just before that, Jimmy Vesey with like two, three seconds left, uh, used the power move, came in on the left side and almost beat Peterson to win the game in regulation for the Devils. Um, but Peterson did make the save and the game had to go to overtime. And unfortunately, the Devils would cough up the puck and cough up the game just 42 seconds in. Ty Smith was behind the net, having trouble getting off uh, Philip Deneau. He tried to make a pass that was just a very poor pass attempt that was intercepted by Philip Deneau. And he passed it right on the front to uh, Ayafalo, who had been denied earlier in the game. But he got the one-time pass, and he beat Blackwood with that one-time shot to win the game in overtime for the LA Kings. So... And I don't know what's going on with Ty Smith, guys. I, ever since he got back, he has looked really, really, really sluggish. He does not look like the Ty Smith we saw last year. He looks lost at times. He's not producing offensively. He's struggling in the defensive zone. I, I don't know what needs to change, but it's it's definitely a concern to see another one of our young guys who's having a lot of high expectations 
struggling this much just to get off to a decent start to begin the year. Um, but with the win for the Kings, that moves their winning streak to four, moving the record to five, one and one. So they were one, five and one when this winning streak began. So they've they've definitely turned it around here uh, in the last four games. Uh, so, yeah, five, five, one doubles fall of four, three and two. Damon Severson and Ty Smith were arguably the worst two players on the team in this game. I know Subban also had some bad plays, but it was but definitely Severson with the three penalties and obviously the Kings finally scoring on one of those. And then Ty Smith coughing up the puck just 42 seconds into overtime to lose the game. Both of those guys really, really hung the Devils out to dry. And as a result, the Devils, even though picking up a point, still lost the game. So you go into, um, and by the way, Blackwood, again, did as, did as much as he really could do in this game. 26 saves on 29 shots. I mean, he, he was... He was the reason that we even got a point, honestly. Really, that's all I could say. And I talked about it before. Uh, Holtz looked really solid. He had 15 and a half minutes of ice time. He had one shot on goal, a couple other good opportunities. He looked like a kid that really just wants to score. And again, like we talked about before, that's all we could really ask from this kid. But you go into this game against San Jose, and now you're look, you're staring at uh, a possibility of not of going well. You can't win the um, road trip, but the best you could do is go 500 if you can win the game. But, you know, starting off 0-1-1 and losing the way that we've lost in both of those games, you kind of start to wonder if this is the beginning of the Devils just having a very, very rough season. And I know, again, that it's still early. That was only the ninth game of the year. But still, I mean, ha- I mean, there are still things that are major problems. The penalty kill was better, but not great. Uh, so that's still an issue. And the power play has just been really bad. And those and special teams has been killing the Devils. And the Devils have to find a way to get these special teams in order because otherwise they're going to lose these close games and they're going to end up falling just short of making the playoffs or even finish towards the bottom of the NHL again because they're losing so many of these close games because they can't get it going on special teams. So Obviously, that was a very frustrating loss, even though the Devils got a point. The Devils should have won that game. But turnovers and bad penalties cost us in the end. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they like the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can pay for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, before I quickly uh, recap the Devils uh, game against the Sharks, uh, we did get some other news on Thursday. Uh, Scott Wedgwood was put on waivers by the Devils 
Um, and the, the biggest thing for him was that uh, it, it looked like he was most likely going to end up getting just sent down to uh, Utica and, and play some games up there. He was actually claimed, and he was claimed by the same team that claimed him off waivers back in 1718, the Arizona Coyotes. And it's just kind of a funny thing where it's like, okay, well, he's just going to end up going to Tampa Bay at some point. Like he's just going to follow the same pattern that he followed uh, the first time around, but he got claimed by Arizona. Who's obviously had some goaltending issues. And I mean, when you start the season, losing your first 10, 11 games, uh, you're trying to find anybody and everybody that you can to uh, help you win a game. Um, but yeah, he was claimed off uh, waivers on Friday um, from the Arizona Coyotes, or, uh, by the Arizona Coyotes from the Devils, and he actually ended up leading the Coyotes to their first win of the season in, on Saturday against the Seattle Kraken in a 5-4 to four win. He stopped 27 of 29 shots. He came in after the starting goaltender in that game gave up two goals on two shots. Like, he didn't make a save, and then they, event, and then they I think they either pulled him or he got hurt. I didn't watch the game. But Wedgwood came in, he gave up another two goals, but the Coyotes fought back and were able to win that game five to four. And Scott Wedgwood got the win and uh, he helped Arizona um, win their first game of the season. So Scott Wedgwood, again, is an Arizona Coyote, um, was short-lived again here in New Jersey. Um, hopefully he does well in, uh, in Arizona. Um, you know, it is what it is about what happened here, you know, and this time around he, he tried to do what he could, but he's just, you know, he's the third goaltender at best for this team. And now seeing the emergence of Nico Dawes and obviously Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier, he kind of eventually becomes the, the odd man out. But Arizona has him and we'll see what Wedgwood does throughout the rest of the season. And we'll see if he's on the team when the Devils play Arizona both times, which I think would be a lot of, definitely be a lot of fun, but we shall see about that. But let's shift over to the Devils game on Saturday night against San Jose Sharks. Again, like I said before, I was at the Notre Dame game and I really wasn't on my phone at all. So I didn't watch the game. I didn't post about it, as you saw in Devil's State of Mind. Didn't do any of it. And I didn't see really any of the game until overtime and uh, the shootout, um, which is obviously the main part of the game. But I missed the majority of the game as a whole. So I had to watch the highlights. Um, so again, like I said, if I miss anything, I do apologize, but that's just kind of the situation that I was in. But uh, some news that we got prior to the game, uh, Christian Jaros, who the Devils got from San Jose in exchange for Nick Merkley to begin the year, was put on IR. Um, and they ended up, the Devils ended up calling, recalling Colin White, who had been sent down after Ty Smith came back, but Colin White again coming back. And we'll see how long he's up with the team and we'll see how long Jaros um, is going to be on IR. The Sharks, on the other hand, were dealing with, are dealing with a major COVID outbreak where guys like Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, and even their head coach, Bob Bootner, have been on the COVID-19 list. So they obviously, even though they've had a pretty solid start to the year and have been one of the more surprises in the NHL, um, it, it's, it's unfortunate that they've had to deal with this. And this just proves that COVID is still a big factor in a lot of things. And uh, hopefully, you know, you know, knock on wood from the devil's perspective, the devils don't have to deal with anything uh, serious like that. But if it happens, the devils will have to make changes and hopefully it doesn't affect the entire team like it did last year. 
Um, the the uh, Sharks interim head coach for this game was uh, John McClain, the former uh, New Jersey uh, Devil himself. Um, he was hired by the Sharks over the offseason to be an assistant coach under Bob Bootner, and McClain ended up having to uh, be the head coach for this game. I think he's had to be the head coach the last couple of games because Bob Bootner has been out. Um, but he's, he's done a pretty solid job with the Sharks team that is fighting through a lot of adversity. Uh, Jonathan Bernier got the start. Um, I'm not fully against it because Bernier has just been really solid. It's a breath of fresh air to see a guy who is who, who comes in and has just done so well and done a great job as the backup goaltender to just have some stability back there with, you know, and obviously lacking it the last couple of years has just been absolutely tremendous. And this was this is great. So I would have liked to have seen Blackwood get another shot, but I'm sure when the Devils next play on Tuesday against Florida, he'll probably end up getting the start because the Devils have a, a couple of days to rest and get going for that one. But Jonathan Bernier got the start looking for his fourth win of the season already. And we'll start in the first period where the Devils started strong in the first five, six minutes like they did against Anaheim, but, the, but faded in the second half of the period and the Sharks just kept coming on and on. They hit the post a couple of times. Uh, and in the end, they ended up not scoring uh, because of the post and also because Jonathan Bernier did really, really well. Um, and the score was nothing to nothing after one period of play. Then you go into the second period and the Sharks picked up right where they left off. And it eventually did pay off for them as um, 448 into the period, Mario Ferraro, the Sharks defenseman, came down the left side, had some room and saw Rudolph's balsers uh, kind of hiding behind on the right side. And he was kind of streaking towards the net. Farrar made a far side pass to him. And on a one-time tap-in, uh, Balsers was able to beat Bernier to give the Sharks the one-nothing lead. P.K. Subban, again, piss-poor defensive job, just leaving Balsers all alone on that side. Not sure what he was doing at all on that play. Um, and he just left his side of the ice wide open for Balsers to get there and score. Um, so it's just another one of those cases of Subban just not doing his job and again showing how of a, how much lackluster defensively he really is and it's just frustrating to watch him watch him do that you know time and time again Balser's goal was his second of the year Farrar got an assist the main assist which was his fourth assist of the year and Brent Burns got the secondary assist his seventh assist of the season season and the Sharks just continued to come on even after the goal but Bernier continuing to stand on his head and it wasn't until about five minutes to go in the period where the Devils finally got their head out of their you-know-whats and were able to, you know, start dictating a little bit of the pace and creating some opportunities in the offensive zone. And then with about three minutes and 15 seconds to go in the period, the Devils came down the right side. Michael McLeod took the puck into the zone, dropped past the Nico Heischer, and then Nico with a beautiful feed over to the far left side to a streaking Ryan Graves who got the puck and on a one-time kind of tap-in was able to just beat Reimer, even though he got a piece of it, was able to just beat Reimer and score to tie the game up at one. And for Ryan Graves, getting his first goal as a New Jersey Devil, continuing to be very, very solid back there. He has been really, really good from start to finish, both on the offensive and defensive sides. And it's, it's really great to see. And finally, he gets himself his first goal as a Devil. Nico with the main assist. That was his fourth assist of the year. And Michael McLeod with the secondary assist. That was his second assist of the year. And that's where things stood after 40 minutes of play. So it's one-to-one. -one. And again... Just like against the LA Kings, you're like, okay, it's a close-knit game, and you know you've had some opportunities, and you started to get rolling 
especially in those last couple minutes of the third. This is, again, another winnable game against the team that is reeling right now. Um, but the Sharks, uh, you know, just kind of shook that off. And even though both teams kind of traded chances back and forth, I felt like the Sharks were a little bit better and they would eventually retake the lead on the power play. Um, it was a power play goal by Jonathan Dolan, who has continued to be red hot um, for the San Jose Sharks. He scored just 421 into the period to make it two to one. Dolan's goal was his fifth of the year. Brent Burns with his second assist of the game, his eighth of the season and former New Jersey devil, Nick Merkley with the secondary assist his second of the year. And Nick Merkley has obviously continued to be that energizer role type player, even for San Jose. Um, it was a little bit unfortunate that he couldn't stay in Jersey, but again, the devils got Jarosh who has been okay. I, it's not much to say because, you know, he hasn't done a whole lot offensively. He's done seemingly solid on the defensive side, but he's hurt right now. And we won't get a chance to see him for a little while since he got put on IR, but you know, Merkley getting a point against his former team, not much of a surprise, but the Sharks, just a little over four minutes into the period, were able to retake the lead. And the Devils, again, it just felt like that the Devils were going to lose this game in regulation in a close one, whether two to one or three to one. And that was just going to that was just going to kind of be the end, end of this one. And we were going to end the road trip on a whimper. And I was just going to be a lot more pissed than uh, I am really when I'm talking about this. But the Devils would eventually get something going. It started with Jimmy Vesey, again, just continuing to be very, very solid, creating opportunities for himself and his teammates. He got the puck with about three minutes to go. He took a shot. You know, he kind of went around the boards and then took a shot um, that didn't fully get to the net. It got blocked, but then there was a scramble in front, both teams trying to get it. And eventually it was Yanni Kokkinen who took the shot on a rebound. It hit off of Reimer and squeaked into the net. And the Devils were able to tie the game. And Yanni Kokkinen finally getting on the score sheet, getting his first goal of the year. And it was a big one with just 2.56 to go in the game to tie the game up at two. And that goal forced overtime. So again, the Devils for the second straight game needing at least overtime to finish this one. Um, and the Sharks had a couple of really good opportunities. Brent Burns twice took a shot where I thought for sure was going to beat Jonathan Bernier, but uh, Bernier made the save both times. The Devils had an opportunity here or there, but not a whole lot. Um, but in the end, neither team was able to score. So we had to go to the dreaded shootout, the second one in four games for the Devils. And I hate to say it to you guys, I thought we were screwed. I did not, I definitely did not think we were going to win the game, uh, you know, going to a shootout because the Devils rarely win these games in shootouts. And, and that was kind of my attitude going into it. Uh, Logan Couture and Jesper Bratt both scored in round one, so things got off to a hot start, but then both goaltenders, James Reimer and Jonathan Bernier, settled down, made some saves. Uh, even Alexander Holtz had an opportunity on the in the shootout, and he, he, took an, he took an okay shot, not the greatest one, but, you know, that, that shot just looks so dangerous even when he doesn't score. And again, can you imagine what's going to happen once he actually starts scoring and really gets going? It's going to be awesome. It really, really is. But we go all the way to round six. And if you were to tell me if the Devils were going to win a shootout, who was going to be the guy that was going to score to win it? It definitely wouldn't have been this guy. As Damon Severson, who had taken three penalties in the third period of the game against LA and really, really screwed us. He came down the left side 
little bit of a deke, and then just a beauty of a shot top shelf over James Reimer as Reimer was going down to stop the low shot. Severson went top shelf and scored an absolute beauty. And the Devils in round six won the game in a shootout. And it was just like, like I said, it was a tale of two games for Damon Severson. It was, you know, he was the GOAT, you know, in the in the, in the game against um LA not in a good way um and then he was the hero against San Jose the very next night and that's sometimes how hockey works sometimes uh the hockey gods they uh they give they taketh away and then sometimes they giveth right back and that's what happened with Damon Severson he had a horrible game followed up by being the guy that wins us the game the very next night against San Jose so the Devils win the game in you know, in the shootout, and they finished the road trip with a one-one and one record. So three out of six points is is solid, not bad. You know, you would have liked to have done three zero and zero, or maybe two one and zero, but you know, you still get three out of six, which is not bad. The Devils now move to five three and two, while the Sharks dropped to six four and one. And like Lindy Ruff said in the post game, uh, talking with his team in the locker room, getting twelve points out of a possible twenty in the first ten games. It's not bad. It's not bad. They, they have left some points on the table where they should have won those games and should have 14, 15 points, in my opinion. But 12 is not bad. They need to still get going here. They're tied for sixth place at the moment uh, in the Metropolitan Division with the New York Islanders. Um, and, and the hope is, is that now going home after this uh, up and down road trip, especially with who they're playing their very next game, it's a really big opportunity to maybe get a couple wins and for guys to continue to try to step up while guys like Dougie Hamilton, Jack Hughes, Miles Wood are still dealing with injuries. And now that we get, um, you know, we get Mackenzie Blackwood and Bernier both back fully healthy. Alexander holds us with the team. Mercer continued to do well. He had some couple really good opportunities against San Jose. Um, that the team can really start to generate some more offense. And when they get opportunities on the power play, they got to find some way to cash in because if this just continues, you got to make a change with the coaching. You have to, because you can't just let this keep going because it's going to cost the devils more and more as the year goes along. Uh, Jonathan Bernier continuing to get off to a good start in his first year with the devils four one and Oh, just being at really solid, durable, um, stable backup goaltender that we've been needing for a long time. Uh, the devil's next game is this upcoming Tuesday at the rock, the first of a three game homestand against, and they start with the 10 and one Florida Panthers. And even with Joel Quenville, obviously resigning because of what happened with Kyle beach and the Blackhawks sexual abuse scandal. Um, the Panthers have picked, picked up right where they left off and just continued to play very, very well. Uh, I know that Sergei Bobrovsky has been dealing with injuries, been out. We'll see if he'll be healthy by the time the Devils um, take on Florida. Otherwise, it'll probably be um, night in net for Florida. But it'll be a really big opportunity for the Devils to, if they can get it going, maybe, just maybe, be the first team to beat Florida um, in regulation. Because, yeah, the Panthers have lost the game, but it was in a – I believe it was an overtime or shootout, um, but the Panthers have uh, gotten, have really, really just been impressive. I mean, getting what, 21 out of a possible 22 points, they look like the team to beat in the Eastern Conference when it comes to competing for the Stanley Cup. Um, but this is a big opportunity, a big, huge game on Tuesday, and hopefully the Devils can take advantage of that and being at home and find a way to get a big victory and kind of take the, the positivity and the win from the game against San Jose to kind of, you know, push them forward and get themselves rolling here. 